everybody, Sarah Plough here with Purposeful Strength, and today I am here with Tessa Yanone. She's the wellness editor out over at Boston Magazine, and she manages the health and fitness content both online and in their print magazine. I thought it would be really great to talk to Tessa as we're talking about fitness representation in the media world, and I think that a lot of people get their fitness information from magazines still. And I think it's really important to highlight some places that are doing a really, really good job of showing different kinds of fitness and things that are really accurate. And I wanted to talk to Tessa about how she goes about figuring out what to write about, how to make sure the information is accurate, um, and give tips to people who are looking for really good information. Because as we've talked about, media is a tool. It can be really challenging sometimes to sort through the information. And I think Tessa gives some really good insight into what her job is, what she gets to do every day, and how we as consumers can kind of look for um, the best information that's going to serve us. So I enjoy talking with Tessa. She's awesome. And I hope you guys like this podcast. Here we go. Hey everybody, Sarah Plaga here with Purposeful Strength, and I am here with Tessa Yanone. So Tessa, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Hi, thanks for having me. So Tessa, I want you to start by just explaining to us what what is your job? All right, so I'm the wellness editor at Boston Magazine, um, and I oversee all health and fitness content that goes online, so online at bostonmagazine.com. Um, that covers like a wide range of things, so health news, um, gym openings, nutrition, the whole gamut of stuff. Um, and then I also oversee what goes into our print magazine, which comes out once a month. Um, and that page is a little more service oriented. So like, um, dance classes people can go to or rock climbing gyms, kind of stuff like that. Just kind of the intel on health and fitness in the city of Boston. Um, so that requires a lot of like popping around the city to gyms, um, and kind of talking with people, getting a feel about what's going on in the landscape. Um, so it's a lot of interviewing, it's a lot of writing, it's a lot of managing freelancers. Um, That's does that awesome. answer the Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, sounds, cool. it sounds so fun. And like, you must get such a good idea of like what is happening in the fitness world, at least in Boston, really, of like yeah. all these things that are happening. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, it's a lot. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's just so much information, which I'm sure we'll dive into. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it is a ton of fun. And I love the fact that I can go to work in leggings and go to gyms. All totally. Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feeds my soul. That's for sure. What drove you to this job and working in this industry? Because you're not, you're not like a typical coach who like goes and you know just trains people all day like you're in this journalistic um world of fitness so what what drew you to that yeah so um when I was little like way back when people would ask you like what do you want to be when you grow up it Mm -hmm. was always author it was always writer it was always it was always just like very good with words and that was something that always just came very naturally to me. So like whenever we did essays or stuff in school, like I thrived there. I didn't really thrive anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And I'm just a very creative person in general. So I like creating content and I like um, working with ideas and themes. And there's a lot of that in fitness. Right. Um, when I went to school, I went to school at Indiana University um, in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and I studied journalism. And at first I thought I wanted to do sports writing. Um, cause I played soccer growing up. I swam, 
I was always kind of like a tomboy, down with the guys at recess, like just very into sports and football and basketball. And um, so I thought sports writing was the thing and quickly realized that I didn't really want to do that because I enjoyed sports. I don't know, like you had to work the game. So I like worked in all of these corporate offices of sports teams and um, just like realized that that wasn't really where I wanted to be. Right. Um, and kind of like my sophomore year of college, I realized that I could kind of switch a little bit and do fitness writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of pursued nutrition and pursued um, my CPT, certified personal trainer, certificate thing. <laughs> um <laughs> It's not a very eloquent way of saying that, but (laughs) Um, did all that and then realized that there's this huge like fitness magazines was something that I could do. I don't think I really knew that. Mm -hmm. I don't really know why. I just like didn't consume that Um, and kind of got into it that way and then kind of just stumbled upon Boston Magazine and stumbled upon this job listing and it was kind of fate in a way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, So like you said, you got your personal training thingy. Um, I read, I read somewhere that you're a CSCS or is it a CPT? Um, I have my CSCS now. Um, that was more recently in February. I was ace back then in college. Cool. So yeah, I just got the CSCS. Nice. So you do have a pretty extensive knowledge of fitness as well. You also power lift too, right? Yeah. And I actually went through some transformation this summer and kind of like put power lifting on the back burner and I've been doing different things with that, which I think is also magical and amazing about fitness. Right. Um, Right. So you've done lots of things. And one thing that I think is cool is that you did take time to take your ACE certification and you have now done your CSCS, but it, it does seem like a lot of journalists or writers in the fitness slash wellness industry who write articles have, they don't necessarily have that kind of background in fitness. So how do you feel like, how important is it? Do you think to have this kind of certification, have this kind of background, um, have experience in the training? Um, how do you think that's helped you and, and do you think it's necessary? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, because personally for me, I think that it one improves my writing because Mm -hmm. I not only have like the knowledge base, of the person that I'm interviewing, but I have a broader knowledge base. So like if someone's telling me about the technique someone uses for a deadlift, I can, I can internalize that a little better and be able to write about it. Right. Um, and I think, so it is kind of unique that I have all of that, but I also kind of like see that happening in magazines and with editors Mm -hmm. where they're seeking that and where they're getting that knowledge. Like, um, Self's fitness director, she just left, but like she, I think you guys worked with her, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Like she's a CPT, and there's another um, editor that I've worked with who also does like women's health and stuff. Her name's Alicia Fetters, and she has certifications. So I think like it's, it's, I think people are realizing that in order to write about these things really knowledgeably, like it pays off to like get those certifications to actually be hands on with clients to be in gyms instead of just interviewing the coaches. Cause then they have that like right. real world experience, which I think is monumental. <laughs> right. Totally. And like, I would, I think it's so beneficial too, in terms of spreading, um, almost like using the right kind of language and like spreading the right kind of messages. Cause I, I think we, Absolutely. there are so many messages that are, uh, they're just so saturated. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so I'm thinking something of like that people say all the time is like, oh, I want to get toned. And yeah. you know, we know as like personal trainers, technically that's not a real thing. Now, when someone says it, I know what they mean. They, they want muscle yeah. definition. And so I'm, I, as a trainer might not say like, I don't want to be like, well, you know, that's not really a thing, but <laughs> it, yeah. it could be very beneficial for someone who's writing articles to say like, you know, here's what, here's how maybe you could organize your goals or like, here's some language that might suit you better. You know, you know what I mean? Like just not spreading this kind of like these myths essentially that have been around for so long. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it's like a, it's definitely a weird place to be because so for an editor, our, the main goal is to push content, right? So mm-hmm. what pushes content? It pushes those clicky, like, words that people know. So I think there's kind of this overlap of, like, I like to think of it, like, as you're coaching, you want to give people, you want to give people what they want, like, what they want, but then show them what they need. Totally. And, like, kind of open their eyes that way. So, like, when I'm crafting content, it's kind of like, okay, show them what they want, which is those buzzy words but like give them what they need right, so yeah is that actual information behind that um yeah, yeah. that's such a skill too <laughs> yeah total totally. skill <laughs> and that's awesome mm-hmm. so do you think um for general population it's it's kind of challenging to find solid and accurate fitness articles and info in like general magazines and and media like what do you what do you look at when you see different like fitness magazines and articles yeah so I'm a I subscribe to like everything (laughs) um and I'm a I already talked about it but I'm a huge self fan yeah Um, yeah and they've just they just continue to improve and I think they're a big four um runner in like different bodies like accessibility like I think they're just hitting on things that are very important right now and I think that transformation from them for them was hard but I think more media publications and fitness in general need to kind of follow that absolutely um other good resources that I use are like Girls Gone Strong um like even just like pulling stuff from like bigger like national publications like New York Times and Washington Post and like looking at those research articles that are in there mm-hmm. um Alicia Fetters who I've worked with before she's a fitness editor she would tell me when I would work with her she would be like go to those national magazines find the research like because they always link to the research and then right. click on those research articles and read the article because then you're actually getting like first like you're getting the science yeah totally and then from there it's just about applying that science like to yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think something that's really helpful for that is like finding communities that you're interested in. So like when I was really into powerlifting, it was about like being a part of Facebook groups that are powerlifting or like finding people on Instagram that are into powerlifting um, and kind of like finding that community. Cause that's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Now you, you just mentioned that finding a community and then also like finding articles that link to research. Do you have other tips for people um, who are looking for quality information, like, you know, there's just endless, endless amounts of fitness information, especially on the internet, um, like in magazines and books, like in everywhere. Do you have any tips for people and things like, how do I know that this is going to be accurate or be okay for me? Yeah. Um, I mean, a big piece of that is just trying it. Right. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't, especially, I guess speaking from my experience is like, 
I learn best by doing or I learn best by watching someone do something. So if I'm like, if I read something and then try it, like I'm better able to make that judgment, which not everyone can always do that. Um, but I think it's about finding those pieces of information that have the science to back it up. If it doesn't right. have the science, then there's no, like, you know, it's just like not really credible. Um, but also I think just subscribing to all of this sounds crazy because <laughs> you'll just be inundated with way too much information, but subscribing to newsletters and then you kind of like see the patterns of like what is garbage and like what is good, if that kind of makes sense. So like yeah. in my inbox, I'll have like, I'll have Goop newsletters and I'll have Self newsletters and I'll have New York Times and Washington Post and like all of these newsletters. And then you can kind of see how each one crafts this is such like an editor inside thing but like, <laughs> but like seeing how they're crafted because then you can kind of see what like how people are crafting that to make it clicky or how they're making it or how mm-hmm. they're crafting it to make it helpful right if that makes sense I don't know if that makes sense yeah kind of um right like there's a like you said you have to kind of give people what they want so you have to definitely put in the clickbait I'm sure there is some kind of like advertisement element to it but you can definitely tell ones who are just like want to sell whatever the thing is whatever the like powder is along with the fitness um regime like I feel like there is a way that you can kind of tell when one is just out to sell whatever information it needs to (laughs) for like you know to get money whereas other ones are trying to you know obviously they're a business so they want to make money but provide quality information Yeah. And I think a big piece of that is also like looking at what your friends are talking about or like the people in your circle are talking about, because like if they're, if you like come across something and it's just someone selling something and they have no idea what it's about, then it's like, I don't know, like just making sure that it's like something that, I don't know, I went on a tangent, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's all good. I would say one, one rule that I have for myself when I look at something is like if it's trying to fit everybody into a box like if it's like you can look like this or you know you like this is the only way to do things like if it's very much this is the one and only way to do it or um Mm -hmm. you know like those kinds of things I'm like immediately like "Mm -mm, no yeah um you know like you said you have to try things for yourself because there's so much information out there and not that all of it is wrong it's just one piece might not fit for you and another might yeah definitely yeah totally so how do you get how do you get inspiration for your articles I'm sure some of them kind of fall on your (laughs) desk but what makes you be like I want to write about this gym or this thing today Um, yeah, a lot of it is just kind of like what's going on and kind of knowing, um, especially with like openings and kind of like trends that are going on. Mm -hmm. And then the other big piece of it is just like me being out there, me going to boxing classes, yoga classes, and just kind of like talking with the people that are there and kind of like asking them what they're confused about talking with gym owners about like what's going on in their world. Like I just went to a um, CrossFit, not CrossFit gym anymore. (laughs) Um, And like talked with them all about like kind of what's happening with boutique fitness and what's happening with all these like luxury apartments in Boston and how those gyms, like the gyms that are offered in those big luxury apartment buildings and how that's affecting them and like Mm -hmm. will affect boutique fitness and just kind of like looking at the city as a whole and kind of just like, 
being out there and trying the things because then inspiration comes because like our ideal readership is someone like me someone who is active in my age like so I'm best get ideas by doing things you know right what's what's like the most fun or interesting or different class that you've taken in Boston recently another loaded question (laughs) um well, I think the craziest class that I took was trampoline bar. Trampoline totally, bar? Yeah. And I'm not really like a ballet dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so like that was really hard. Um, but most recently I've been really into um, boxing at Back Bay Boxing mm-hmm. on Newberry Street. It is amazing. Like yesterday I just went and it like clicked for me. It's not really different, but like I think – what makes a class special is like how much you are willing to like let go and like listen to your body, you know, Mm, like I think there's just something really special about like being in a class and just completely surrendering to what's going on. Like yesterday in boxing, the, I like worked one-on-one with the instructor and he was like, Tessa, relax, like relax (laughs) your shoulders and just like make it smooth. And I was like rushing kind of, and like could feel my tension. And as soon as I relaxed, like it all clicked. Like I've only been going for a couple months and it just like clicked in that moment. And it was just, it was the coolest feeling ever. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. And you had said before, you know, you talk to people and and kind of see what they're interested in and, and you mentioned what they're kind of confused about. I'm, I'm curious, like what are people confused about or what are they asking about in terms of fitness? Like what's the thing that they want to know? Oh, nutrition. It's always nutrition. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) People know how to go to the gym for the most part. They go like the workout is fun, but it's, it's always, always nutrition, which is always the hardest thing to talk about. Right. Like, do you talk about it a lot? Um, I don't like, I just, I write about it, Mm -hmm. but I make sure that every time I write about it, it's with a registered dietitian and it's coming from a place of more intuition than any type of fad. Right. Um, Awesome. Good. (laughs) Even for like, right. Like, I mean, even for me, like nutrition has been something that I've struggled with in the past. So like talking about it is still kind of hard to like to approach it in like a non-judgmental way. So Mm -hmm. like when people even ask my advice about it, I'm like, it makes me a little uneasy. I don't know. It's just kind of like, cause nutrition is more even more so individualized than exercise. Like totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, so it's just very difficult. I feel you on that. Me and uh, my coworker were actually talking about this. And when people talk about nutrition, it's like, I think some people want like a, they want, they expect like a quick conversation or like a quick answer. Like yeah. here's so many grams of protein you eat or something like that. Or what's like a good snack to have before your workout. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. you know, we could, I could literally have an hour long conversation with you, like just about that, about like getting, you know, proper, yeah. proper information beforehand. And it is, it's so individualized and there's, it's mm-hmm. such like a new, um, science. Like there's, there's still so much more that we don't know about it. And yeah. yeah. And then there's, there's so much more in terms of like the, mental side and mental health side that goes along with nutrition yeah it's yeah it's tough. absolutely it's really tough I think a good way to approach it when talking about it I just like was thinking about this as you were saying that um it's kind of like not like 
when we're talking about the way we eat, not labeling anything, right? Yeah. So like, so like maybe if you are like following some type of intermittent fasting, or if you're like semi vegetarian, or if you're like subscribing to any of those things, like subscribing, I have air quotes, like not calling it that and just kind of like allowing yourself to eat in that way that feels good. So like maybe you are skipping breakfast, like, and if that feels good to you, cool, keep doing it. But like, like there's no need to like label it as intermittent fasting because then I think as soon as we label it in that way, it kind of puts this pressure on us to to follow it all the time. Yeah. That's really yeah. good advice. Yeah, that's absolutely good. And I love that you work with a registered dietitian on those articles too. That's awesome. Yeah, all that's this. Really yep. Solid info. So <laughs> um, uh, on a broader scale of like talking about media, what do you love about media and what do you wish was different? Ooh. And this can be specific to kind of like the fitness sports niche or it can be kind of like yeah. on a broader scale. Huh. Well, what I love about media is that anyone can create content, which is the the positive and the negative, Mm -hmm. because I think that, I mean, for me personally, like, media is the way that I create, and it is the way that I, um, I mean, it's my life, right? but it's also the way that I, like, make sense of the world, so, like, reading reading articles online and especially about sports and movement and fitness. Like it's kind of how I make sense of the world in general. Mm. Um, so I think that's really special about media is that people can find those articles and things that speak to them on a level that helps them understand the world. So like sports writing and fitness writing is like how I make sense of politics and how I make sense of what's going on in the world and environment. Mm. Like, cause it all connects yeah in a different way you know like it's all interconnected it's very true um the thing that I would that did you say the thing I would change or yeah I think that you wish that was different or would change huh sometimes I just feel like it's all negative (laughs) yeah like as a journalist you're trained to be skeptical of things and to kind of like get to the dirt or get to the get to the problem you know Mm -hmm. because like that's what makes something compelling and worthwhile to read but sometimes it feels like that is a almost like an ego game Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense but a lot of media is very negative sometimes and I just wish there was more and maybe that's my I don't know maybe that's my projection Uh, no I think (laughs) I think that's 100% accurate I mean especially in the past you know three years I mean it's always been negative but I think it's like super negative I mean there is a lot of really crappy things going on but that must be a cool part that you have of like you get to talk about the like cool stuff and the happy stuff and like right I took this really cool class (laughs) last week and here's what's awesome about it and here's how you know you can help make yourself feel better and all that kind of stuff so that's that is pretty cool Totally. And it, it's hard. It's sometimes hard to keep that perspective, especially when you're like diving into bigger issues where it's like, okay, Boston has this problem where like boutique fitness isn't accessible to everyone. And like, if you yeah. go down to like, just out of the center of Boston, like we got to race, like all these issues because health isn't accept- accessible. So mm-hmm. it's like, and then when you start getting into that side of it, it feels very daunting and very negative. So right. it's like, striking that balance of like making sure 
you're like looking at both sides. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's just as important too, right. Is like bringing, bringing to light, like, you know, not everything is good and not everybody has access to food and fitness in the way that everybody else does. So both of both sides are super important. Yep. What do you think like 10 years from now we're going to be talking about or like doing more of or less of in the fitness world? Like how is it gonna, how is it going to be different? How are we, what are we going to be interested in? How's it going to change? Huh? Well, on a less, I think this will happen less than 10 years, but I'm certain that um, spin is on its way out and and indoor rowing is on its way in. Um, that's on a I way prefer rowing to spinning. That's a personal note, but (laughs) (laughs) well, we have all these like rowing studios coming up, like coming through and then spin is just like seeing huge changes. Um, and I think that in 10 years, I mean, I don't even know. I can't even picture that because I think it's just, it changes and grows so quickly and Mm -hmm. so much that the people like the gym owners and the people that are leading fitness, like their ideas and their innovation is going to be what's changing and growing it. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't, I don't even know. I just think there's going to be more. Yeah. (laughs) If that's even possible, it's just going to be more. (laughs) I, I hope what you said of like, I think there's a lot more conversations now about what you said about being, have like having fitness and food, um, be more accessible. Like, I really hope that changes. And I think there's a lot of like, we don't have to go into this. Like this is a whole nother podcast of like politics and, um, you know, like socioeconomic problems, like all, a lot of that needs to be (laughs) dealt with and touched on in order for that to happen. But I think that in our own industry, people are trying to make changes. Like even if they're very, very, very small, to try and like move the needle a tiny bit to make it more accessible. So yeah, that's what I hope. And it is hard because like wellness is an industry like anything. It's just trying to make money. So, but then you do have to look at that because like at the end of the day, everyone deserves to be healthy and happy in their Mm -hmm. own body. So how come everyone doesn't have access to all the things? Right. So it's a balance it's, and it's possible, but a lot of things have to happen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then, so I have one more question for you with, um, with all of the like articles that you write and, and things that you put your own note on, what's kind of the bigger, broader message that you want to give to people? Like, especially the people of Boston who, you know, read your magazine, what do you want them to know every time that they pick up an article that you have written? Hmm. That's a good question. What do I want them to know? That wellness is messy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Every time I write an article, sometimes like, sometimes it's hard because I'm like, well, this could be good for this person and this could be good for this person. And I don't know if I'm actually the expert. Like I Mm. never feel like I can be like really, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, decisive. Mm-hmm. Is that the word? I don't like, I never feel like I can be like that because I'm like, well, I don't know what's going to work for this person. I don't know what's going to work for this person. Like, this is what I believe in, but it's 
it's messy. Like our bodies are meant to be messy and they're meant to change and they're meant to adapt and grow and just like flow through life. And I think wellness is just about like finding that and kind of like living and being happy in the mess and like, and not being so stuck on like, I should be doing this and I need to plot all my exercise and all my food for the week. And I need to do this Mm -hmm. and I need to do that. It's like about looking at your one day and just thinking about like, what's going to bring you the most joy and how to move your body and fill it with things that will make you happy. Yeah. So I think that's what I would say is wellness is messy. My word is not the end all be all (laughs) thing. (laughs) Yeah. I, that's a really great message. I, you know, I talk about consistency is super important and it, and it absolutely Mm -hmm. is, but I don't think consistency is not going to look the same, like week in, week out, month in, month out, like year after year. Like you said, you spent a lot of time doing powerlifting. Now you you kind of have shifted. You said when you were younger, you did soccer, like those things are always going to change. And it's not like, Oh, if I change something, I gave it up or, you know, I failed at it. Like, like you said, our bodies change and our, where our heads are at, where our priorities are at, they all, they all change and shift. And I think it's important to be like open to those new possibilities. So I love that. Totally. And it's like consistency, like what you're saying about consistency, like you're consistent on exercise, but that modality of exercise might change or like your nutrition you're consistent with, but like what you eat every day can change. Like it's, yeah, absolutely. So Tessa, where can people find your articles and kind of like learn more about you? Um, my articles are on bossmagazine.com um, mostly. And we have a Instagram handle. It's be well boss, um, B-O-S. And then on Facebook at Boston Magazine and be well Boston. Um, and then my personal Instagram is just my first and last name. Haven't been super active on there, but I mean, you can give it a follow. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Tessa, thank you so much. It's been so great chatting with you yeah. and I hope to see you sometime soon. Yeah, this has been great. I appreciate it. All right.